Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Thirtieth of twenty twenty, and my screen is black. There we go. Ah, we finally got it working there. Hi, everyone. This is Morning Combat. My name is Luke Thomas. I hope you're doing well. I'm from CBS Sports. The gentleman on the other side of the screen, well, he's from CBS Sports, too. He is a man about town, wearing some merch, enjoying some Thanksgiving dinner, and a whole lot more. My friend and yours, it is Brian Campbell. BC, how are you? Good, sir. I'm doing great. I've been eating uh, ham leftovers for every single meal. My wife substituted the ham for the turkey in this COVID Thanksgiving, and I'm I'm still giving thanks, Luke. Although, uh, yeah, you know, I've been blowing up the bathroom a few times, but that's really a personal issue, Luke. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing, doing quite well. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll say this, BC. My daughter woke up today at eight thirty in the morning. That's the latest I think she's ever gotten up in the history of her nineteen month life. And I got to tell you, I feel like a million dollars because I didn't have to get up at five this morning. I got to sleep in a three and a half extra hours. You know how much that changes my mood, BC? I feel like yeah. who is the yeah. woman who sang at the top of the hill on The Sound of Music? That's what I feel like right now. Yeah, some broad. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I feel like her as well. All right. Yes. By the way, I feel great. Did you enjoy? Did you do any? Um, we'll get to the merch here in just a second. Did you do any Black Friday or Cyber Monday shopping? Anything cool you picked up? No, I was too busy with the ladder out, putting up the Christmas lights, getting the tree up, trimming the tree. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Look, it was a very festive family weekend there. Well, to get let, let, let me let, let me show the folks here. You've got a morning combat shirt on. We've got shirts, hats. We've got uh, tumblers. We've got mugs. And I think I've got the uh, I forget what the code is. I just retweeted it. You can go to store.show.com. But if you follow us, either of us on social media, you can see, or at Morning Combat on Twitter, we've got the code up for, I think, 30% off today, BC. So if you're going to get MK Ooh. merch, today is the day. And if you look at the tweet, BC, it's everyone from Australia, England, <laughs> uh, Canada, and they're all bitter. They can't get anything. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if, as much as I don't understand myself how Showtime can't figure out this international shipping issue, although thank you for the uh, for the checks. I'm, I love cashing them. The quality of these clothes, Luke, like, no joke. They're, they're It's really nice. This is really nice shit, all right? So you want to get it. Now's your time to get it at a discount. Maybe we can work out a uh, deal where our international fans can buddy up with a American fan and, and you know, for a little bit of a, a quid pro exchange, you know, reach around something luke they can have mail it i don't know luke i don't know what am i talking 30 percent off use the code cyber c-y-b-e-r right now store.show.com all right also of course please give the video a thumbs up hit subscribe speaking of subscribe bc we hit 70k before december 1st big round of applause to everybody here in the audience who helped us get to that milestone. We still have many milestones to go, but I was really glad we hit this one. Yeah, a lot of rumors out there in the comments section that your boy BC was purposely trying to keep us at 69, dudes. But no, I want to get higher, 70, <laughs> 75, like Creed. Uh, can you take me higher? Yes, I will take you higher, please. Uh, once we get to 100, Luke's top comes off. Maybe a little T on T with another man. I don't know. A lot of wild stuff can happen, Luke. The more that this show expands, blows up, takes over people's lives. You don't need those other people, okay? I like uh, 
Big John McCarthy and Bizping's got a pod. I think DC does some Canadian pod. I, you know, they're they're probably good shows, but this is the only show you actually need, Luke. You jerk. And right? multiple times a week, multiple times yeah, a week. Uh, what other show you, is hitting you this hard? Okay. You if, know you, what I'm if you if you if you want to try Showtime, you certainly can. Thirty day free trial. By the way, BC just interviewed the director of the Camacho documentary, which yes. BC, if memory serves, comes out Friday. Is that right? Friday at at nine Eastern and Pacific. Guys, this is a much watch, a must watch. I don't know if you grew up in the. Uh, 80s and 90s like I did where when Camacho hit the screen, I, you know, I don't care if he was washed, you had to see what was going to happen next because he's such a great character. How about a doc that nostalgically gives you what you want and kind of explores the unsolved nature of his death? It's a very, very strong film. Can't wait for you guys to check it out. Um, and I, what am I forgetting? Anything else? I think I got most of that stuff covered, right? Uh, check out our documentary. The guys that, you know, Less Than Jake uh, on Malka really worked hard on that shit. That was some good, good, uh, good, good piece of work there. All right, well, we've got a lot to get to for today. Your questions, have you seen this shit? But first, as we always do, BC, time to get to our big five topics. We start first with really the biggest event of the weekend, and it surprised me in its scale and its scope. I did not think it would get as big as it did, but it did, and it deserves to be noted. So over the weekend, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. come out of retirement in their 50s, and they have an eight-round exhibition. Okay, BC, let's start here. I know you gave an instant reaction, but now you've had a little bit more time to think about it, see what everyone else had to say. What grade, let's start here, we'll, we'll expand. What grade overall would you give the pay-per-view? What grade would you give the fight, or the exhibition anyway, itself? Look, I'll give the pay-per-view a B plus, And that is, like, that's saying something because there were so many factors which should have made this an absolute shit show, Luke. Horribly promoted live music performances, which historically, when that pertains to a fight, is, is an awful idea. It was wacky announced crew, and it all freaking worked. An undercard filled with guys you'd never heard of, only they were matched well, and they came out to bang. Um... You have to, I think there's two levels of expectations here. Okay, so B plus on the pay per view, Luke. And the fight itself, I will give a solid ass B. And I think here's where the reaction to the fight in the pay per view may differ. It's all like in everything else in life, Luke. It's based on expectations. If you're a casual fan and you just wanted to see Mike Tyson put on the gloves and bang one more time and paid your 50 bucks. I, I get it. I could see, and I see it because people hit me up on Twitter, why they were disappointed. But if you are, you and I, Luke, where we're journalists and fans, and we've been following this story of this fight since it was announced, what, like six months ago, we got to a point, due to all the shenanigans with the California State Athletic Commission, due to how much we know that it's such a fine line to walk when putting on an old guy fight. So many things can go wrong. It could just be a shitty fight. There are so many ways that this could have sucked that I have to say my expectations, Luke, were so damn low that to see a pay-per-view come out and kind of be a B-plus to me and this fight itself be a B, all things considered, uh, this is a monster success. I get it if you wanted to see Mike go out there and either knock Roy out or get knocked out in the first round or two. You didn't get that. If that did nothing for you, if the personal stories did nothing for you, if seeing Mike at 54 in such great shape and actually outboxing Roy Jones Jr., if that did nothing for you, I get it. But Luke, from where I was coming from, this was a monster success across the board. In that instant analysis, I was sort of ranking the MVPs. You know, it's like the Tyson won the night. 
but so did Snoop Dogg. So did Jake Paul. So did Triller. I don't even know what Triller is, Luke. And I, and I kind of want to see another Triller pay-per-view. This should not have worked, but it did. I'm here for it, brother. Thank you. I, I don't know how long Triller is going to be in the game because I went to their Instagram channel or site and page, whatever account, and they appear to be like trying to launch their own. I can't quite tell, actually, but I think what they're trying to do is launch their own social media uh, channel, not a channel, but social media, um, a new medium, essentially. Like there's Snapchat, there's Instagram, and then there's Triller. So I, I don't know yeah, exactly if that. they're spending money the right way to get where they want to go. But here's what I'll say. In, I watched your reaction, and I, and I certainly paid attention, so much more quietly than normal in trying to watch this because I was expecting, I don't know if I was expecting disaster, but I was definitely expecting sadness. I think that's what I was sort of looking for. Didn't see a whole lot of it. And you have to call it like you see it, uh, which is to say, when the event was over, did I feel like I had a really fun night of entertainment? No. But that doesn't mean that a lot of other people didn't. And in fact, when I looked whoa, sort of on whoa. social media... Hold on, let old me finish, man, Old man, look at your life. I'm a lot like you were, but I completely disagree. How were you not entertained, Luke? Please, Well, you see, me. this is where not interrupting me and letting me actually explain gets to the part of that. Here's what I would say, BC. Just because I didn't like it doesn't mean there was nothing to like. Not everybody is going to like every single thing. To me, it was sort of the way I would explain it, a style of music, like country music or something, that it just doesn't appeal to me. It doesn't mean that I can say that there's no audience for it. It doesn't mean that I can't say that I appreciate the musicianship or the the angelic voices singing it. It just, did I feel a whole lot when it was over? Not necessarily. But the thing that I would say, BC, is there were some things I liked about the pay-per-view and there were some things I don't like. But what is pretty clear is, one... There is absolutely, in MMA and boxing, a market for old man fighting. I think at this point, the evidence is truly overwhelming, and you have to agree, too. I think most people who bought that pay-per-view feel like they got their money's worth, and that is the key. Did you, at the end of the day, say, you know what? I am really glad I watched that. I feel like when I paid my $50 that I got something out of it. How many times have you watched elite MMA fighting or elite boxing and you felt cheated out of your money? You didn't feel that way at this one. And then I'd also say... How many times, Luke? That's the default feeling in boxing. <laughs> all right? That's, okay. that's, the found, that's the baseline. Fair okay? enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And you didn't get anywhere close to that. And the last thing I'd say is... There was no disaster, and it was not especially sad. So, BC, I think I hope you can appreciate my position, which is I can't come on today's show and tell you that I was just like, you know, Red Fox, here I come, Martha, and nearly gave me a heart attack. It was so overwhelming. I'd be lying to you if I did that. But I'd also be lying if I said I feel like the majority of people feel more like you than feel like me, and I recognize there's a real market, and Saturday night was a win for the players involved. I think you finally said a great truth. I think more people out there in general feel like me than they do you. But, Luke, that's what makes you special and ornery. Yeah, but that, uh, let me but, say but this. They, Look, they can feel more like you, but I'm usually right. All right. Here are the sort of big picture reasons why, why I, I just loved this night. Yeah, my expectations were lowered. And I do want to get into specifically like what, what you didn't love about it. But quickly... The Tyson redemption angle, I was touched by that. Like, he was re legitimately happy, Luke, to, like, have come through there and look good and didn't bite anybody's ear off, you know, which I got, of course, a million texts ahead of the fight. You think he's going to bite somebody? No. This was like a man who was really trying to kind of repair his legacy in a way, or at least, you know, like, or come to terms with his place in boxing at the moment. I love that. 
I love the surprise that the great shape he was in. Yes, we didn't get a banger because Roy was put into survival mode like instantly. I also love some of that flashy stuff that could have sunk the night. And I want to find out if this is why you didn't. Luke, Snoop Dogg was freaking hilarious. I'm not saying I want to see him as a permanent analyst. And it's obviously UFC has tried this before to differing degrees of success by bringing him on in this moment. He was great. He, he was clowning fighters, which I'm not saying that's what you want out of your announcers, but in this already carnival shit show, Snoop was great. I loved Adesanya. I mean, look at mm-hmm. that announced team had some highs and lows, but overall I was entertained. I thought Morrow coming in last minute for Al Bernstein, Huge. unfortunately because of the COVID Huge. shout out to Al Bernstein. We love him. Hopefully quick recovery, but Morrow was like a, cohesive glue to get the most out of Adesanya and get the most out of Sugar Ray Leonard. Luke, we love ourselves from Ray Leonard as a person. Dude, Sugar Ray Leonard is not good as a commentator. I'll just never, say he sucks as a commentator. He, he never has been good. He, going back to the 80s in his, you know, when he was still fighting. And somehow that worked. And look, I don't even really like rapper hip-hop. I certainly don't like live rapper hip-hop. Those performances were kind of fun. They're smoking joints and blunts and and I, somebody gonna bring out a hookah soon, Luke. It was wild. It was it was a fun freaking circus night of a house of horrors that didn't leave us horrible and sad. What did you not like about it? Sit on the the damn uh, witness chair here. Let's yeah. do this thing again. It wasn't like I I can't go in there and tell you say I hated it either. I mean, listen to the words that I said. I just didn't feel much, right? So I didn't go in there and have this well, like revulsion about what I was looking. I was like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in the world. No, I didn't feel that way. By the way, the Badu Jack fight, I mean, what the fuck was that? I I mean, you know, you're talking about it was well-matched. No, that was not well-matched. That was an absolute massacre that should not have been made. But okay, I think they thought it would be an early knockout. Hey, Badu's not that old. He's back. And instead, the guy got fucking walloped for the entirety of the contest. But okay. This guy was willing to die in there. Blake McCurran. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Everybody comes to combat sports a little bit differently, and everyone is looking for something a little bit differently out of it. There are casual fans. There are varying degrees of hardcores. There are some people who, for example, inside of MMA, they really respond to that sort of Japanese, circusy, Yeranoka, New Year's Eve kind of theatrical thing. That really never appealed to me much either. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've never engaged and indulged in my own shares over the years of various forms of circusy MMA, because of course I have. We are all guilty of it in varying degrees. But all I can tell you right now, BC, the place I'm at today when I speak to you, I, I think whether I'm right or I'm wrong, the listeners and the viewers, they do not want me to come on here and lie to them about how I feel. I'm just telling you, the thing I'm looking for today, by and large, and of course there will be exceptions to this too, is I'm looking to be amazed by the elite end of things. You're asking me what gets me up and thinking about things. It is the guys who are, who are moving the needle. It's the guys who are redefining possibility. It's the ones who make the, 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 the future, um, uh, they, they shape the game in many ways. That's really where I'm at today. And I understand if a lot of people are there or they aren't or there are a lot of different places in between. Remember, BC, I'm not begrudging you your good time. I'm simply saying I, I, I just didn't feel a whole lot. But, but there was one thing I thought was a huge home run. For me, Snoop worked more here than in Contender Series. Dude, because Contender Series is guys vying for opportunities. It's kind of serious. You know, it, there's all sob stories. And then Snoop's like, oh, bitch, you got knocked the fuck out. Like, it just doesn't work very well. But this was inherently a little bit more fun. It was inherently a little less serious. And I think people horrible. really appreciated that. Yeah, I just don't want you to be the guy in the 90s that goes on the America Online Rocco Sofredi message board and is like, 
Well, he's big, but I kind of need more dialogue in his films. Don't be that guy. Luke, okay? <laughs> Listen, come on, come on. you've never heard me say, wow, you know what's wrong with this porno? These guys just don't talk enough. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've never been that guy. Okay, and the thing I would say that no one seems to be bringing up BC, I did not like the crowd noise. Listen, if you're in an empty stadium, like you're watching baseball or soccer, I could sort of understand how you want to pipe in the crowd noise, but you were in a production set. Like, we know there's no crowd there. Why are you pumping it in? However, the, the thing to me that I took away most was, as you know, BC, the XFL in its initial run in the aughts was a dramatic failure. But some of the things they did, the NFL adopted, including all the additional camera angles and the way that they filmed it. To me, those big, bold production lettering and the interesting lighting, it was at once futuristic and then also like a 1980s throwback arcade video game feel. Whoever was in charge of that, I thought, killed it. I loved every part of that. These boxing broadcasts, no matter who's putting them on, I think should look at that and say, how could we modernize what we're doing? Sometimes it takes an outside player to get there. I thought they hit a home run with that. No, I agree with that. And it also takes a a wild quarantine to force that. But speaking of things that are artificially pumped in, I was going to try to bring him in because he looks so itchy. He's already on the screen, Luke. Can can Jay show his weird glasses to the world? Would you give him that chance? Here they are. Yeah, the camera angles of this broadcast were atrocious. Yes. Um, Jay, don't I agree with you, Luke. Me. Don't, don't, come on. Don't. No, no, no. I agree with Luke. The The set design was spectacular. Yes. It looked so good. You're in a big, empty state. I mean, they're in the Staples Center. How do you not make it look like a big, cavernous, empty, what is happening there, hole? But uh, but the camera angles, they, they overthought how boxing works. They had no camera operators on the apron, which is like a staple of boxing. And so your close-up shot was actually a high tight from from the back. Yes. And then they kept using these angles. They put the cam ops on the floor looking up through the ring, which for MMA is actually not bad as a cutaway. For boxing, you just can't see anything. You right. couldn't see the fights. And maybe that's what they were trying to do since these fights were actually all terrible. But um, well, I very you know enjoyable. What it was? Yeah, I no. guarantee you somebody was like, hey, we don't want to have people on the ring apron because it will get in the way. And then the technical yes. solution was this. Exactly. And then you realize, yes, it does suck that those people on the ring apron are in the way, but it actually is critically important for the broadcast at home. Well, Luke, luckily yeah. we had an award-winning documentary director ready to go to break this down. Yeah. But uh, yeah. while no. we have Jay here real yeah. quick, Luke, uh, do you want to – I mean, he got murked in that documentary. Do you have anything we, nice to we, say? We to can him? come let's – come, let's stay on track. We'll come back to him getting murked in the documentary a little bit later, BC. So, BC – to, to wrap things up on the overall fight, uh, the broadcast, you gave it, I think, a B-plus and, and a solid B. I would go a tick down, you know, uh, B and then B-minus. I'm not too far. I, I'm not really too far from you. I just okay. feel like you have to give place in the fight game for the variety of tastes. And some people are going to like certain things and some are not. But you can't get on here and say on Monday morning, and I am clearly not saying it, that it was some disaster, that it was some failure. No, it definitely wasn't. There was a lot to take away from it on the very positive end of things. I just want to make sure the last thing on this, BC, I'm okay with really sort of leaning into old man fights. I really am. But, but, we got to be careful. Because if you just say, okay, what are all the interesting permutations you can think of? I know that the commission kind of acted as a buzzkill here. And maybe you could argue they went a little bit too far. There's certainly a debate to be had about that. But when you got guys in your 50s, it wasn't a failure. But the degree of error that you can make is very small before shit goes south very quickly. You have to be a little bit careful about this market. You just can't go full head, uh, you know, diving into it. 
let's let's embrace it, but let's be careful about it. Well, I think you got to realize a couple of things. It's going to be a this will spawn spinoffs because they had success. They also had, by the way, Mike Tyson, who hadn't fought in 15 years and we never thought he would fight again. So you got to understand that. But two, um, there is a middle ground to what you're teasing that I think we realize that two minute rounds is perfect for old guys. I think, you know, bigger gloves is perfect. I think. Eight rounds might even be too much. You know what I mean? You might want to schedule these as like a four rounder and give them more incentive to kind of go out there and throw. But with that said, California State Athletic Commission has to realize that within those four rounds, there may be cuts, there may be knockdowns and knockouts. It's fighting, okay? Let's make sure these guys are checked up physically that they're okay to be in there. They agree to be in there. Let's get it so where, look, if somebody gets knocked down yeah, and but they're it not wasn't, looking good, But, but it wasn't it. fighting, not legally. It wasn't fighting. It was it was sparring, which is different. I don't want these to be real fights, and I don't want Vinny Paz judging at all. I mean, he gave Roy every single round. Like, come on. Like, come on. That's Listen, the thing, He was Luke. in a terrible car out, accident. I tweeted out how absurd this draw was, just from the standpoint that, like, obviously Mike won it. And I know the win doesn't matter anyway, but, like, it's so lame that we actually – took the time to put judges in there and what and Chad Dawson scored it even like, come on. Like that's like, dude, that's like seven rounds to one Tyson under any circumstance. Luke. Yeah. Okay? I, I, I hit up the commission yesterday because, and let me just preface up front and say, they said no comment. So take what you want from that. But I was like, why would the celebrity judges all of a sudden just go with a draw in the end? Why would they do that? And the answer, I think again, commission didn't say one way or the other, but my belief is that if you look at just so the way they were messaging about this, I don't think they liked the promoter trying to like muddy the waters about what the stakes actually were and what the boxers were or weren't going to do. And I think he kind of leaned on it to be like, "Don't fuck around." You know, there is yeah, no... anybody who who wasn't following this like uh, from a PR sense, Luke. They were sending out emails like the days of just changing everything. Like we respect the California Commission, but there's going to be a real fight, just so you know. And then there's like right. here. Uh, DraftKings, the official sponsor of this, there's not even betting odds anywhere. Like it was just like it was a it was a mess. It was, Luke, it was okay? weird. It was weird, and that nebulous status is going to make it hard to promote. Because remember, Bellator did old guy fights, but hey, those were actual licensed fights. There was a winner, there was a loser, there was submissions, there were knockouts. It was all of that. You didn't get any of that by virtue of the age. The one thing I will say about the music numbers, and then we'll move on to some different uh, topics here. I didn't love them, BC, but here's the thing: it's sort of the same kind of situation with Snoop. If you're going to have – this wasn't Fight Circus, which they filmed in Thailand. It wasn't nearly that, but it was, a, it was kind of like the distant cousin of that. If you're going to go in that direction, I do not think it is the end of the world to put in music numbers. But I always go back to Affliction, and it was like, oh, we got these fights, and then out of nowhere, we have a fucking Megadeth concert. And I got roasted. At the time, I was the editor-in-chief of Bloody Elbow. I got roasted for saying, what the fuck was that all about? Turns out it was so expensive, among all, all many other bad – financial choices that they made that it helped sink the whole shit. But, uh, I, I don't, I don't mind people who are not doing on brand stuff, doing off brand stuff. But I, I caution everyone being like, this is what Showtime and this is what ESPN and this is what Fox need to start thinking about. Fuck that. Want well, no part is- of it there unless it is much more carefully and nimbly done. This will be part of our transition to the next topic, but I think it's worth being said. Same debate we had after the Logan Paul KSI thing. There is a market for celebrity fights, for old guy fights, for YouTube fights, whatever, but I would prefer they are kept separate from real boxing. It's okay if you put some young real fighters on the undercard, but I don't need a double header of like, you know, Ryan Garcia in a real fight and KSI, you know, no. 
Keep it separate. And again, on the old guy fight thing, um, you have to understand there's a small strike zone. So as we see them, eventually there's going to be a shitty one where guys aren't in shape and it's just gross. And then eventually somebody's going to get knocked cold and we're going to question whether we should do this. Luke, there'll be a short window where this will be viable. Let's hope in that short window we can make some fun ones. Look, Oscar De La Hoya wants to come back. Stop calling out Triple G. You should be fighting other old guys. You should get Trinidad on the horn and try to do that one. We would care about that. Or at least I right. would, okay? Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's correct. Oh, by the way, so uh, as we move on to the next topic, I think that Roy is definitely going to fight Anderson Silva. I don't know when or how or whatever, but... Do I think that is next? I absolutely think that is next. You think Holyfield is next? And here's why I say that for Tyson. Yeah. He looks like shit, uh, Holyfield does. He does not look great. Tyson looked pretty good, and then Roy, for all intents and purposes, looked okay. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the, the probably the – outside of using somebody different than boxing for a, for a, you know, a, a circus factor – the the re, the next real fight for Tyson that would probably sell the most is the trilogy with Holyfield. Yes, I agree with that. All right, so topic number two, we go to the co-main event here. Uh, resident 1980s movie slash Dennis the Menace slash Rachel Dolezal asshole Jake Paul knocks out viciously Nate Robinson in whatever fucking round it was. It doesn't really matter because uh, the fight should have been stopped about two more times before this. He got viciously KO'd. Okay. BC, afterwards, NBA Twitter, I mean, they roasted this guy like an absolute <laughs> stuck pig. Their roasting culture online is maybe worse than anyone else in any other sport. But let me ask you this. I saw people coming out, Floyd this morning, I think or last night on Instagram, being like, you know, uh, black athletes shouldn't criticize other black athletes this way. I saw Megan Anderson, uh, who's the UFC flyweight, excuse me, featherweight contender, saying, you know, if you've never gotten in there, you can't mock somebody. BC, I got to say... I find all that to be bullshit. Like, there's a you can decide what level of mockery you can bring yourself to, but is Nate Robinson worthy of mockery? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, like, do I respect the fighters so much not to do it? Yeah, I, re I respect the dangers of fighting so much not to do it. But with that said, it's high risk, high reward. That's why you get paid so much to be a fighter, Luke, because you're going out there and you're risking not just your health, you're risking public embarrassment. It is what it is. It's why the Jordan crying meme got invented, especially in this day and age. So I do, I'm here to say like, thank you, Nate Robinson. Thank you for having the balls to take on this fight and, you know, having never boxed before to confidently go in there and train and then to go in there and try to win it and go for it. And oh, by the way, the worst case scenario of when you try that happened to you, you got sent to hell. But guess what, Luke? Um, I think that clowning and memeing has become so mainstream that it, you have to separate it. It's not about making fun of him for doing it. It's about that he took the big risk. And oh, by the way, if he would have knocked out, you know, Jake Paul, he would have got the big reward. He took the big risk and lost. I don't look at it as we're making fun of him and shaming him. We're kind of making fun of the moment. He put himself in a moment where it could go badly. It went very badly. He's got to, you know, he's got to suffer the shame. You know, I mean, it, 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 look, it's kind of like... Um, when you're when you had a few drinks and you walk out and you and on the sidewalk with your friends, a lot of these videos that end up on have you seen this shit? And you're like, see those two poles? I bet I can run across one and jump all the over the other. And your friends are like, hold on, I'll bet you ten bucks you can't. But let me get my phone ready. You're you're risking the chance that you're gonna get crotched on that thing and end up on have you seen this shit? And if you do, you deserve to be. So I don't feel bad clowning the moment here with also putting out there. 
thank you, Nate Robinson, for going for it. Because if he would have went out there and was like tentative, we would have had a crappy fight. He went, he went all in, Luke, and, and he got sent to hell. And that happens in life, okay? Yeah, also, can, this might be a more. moment to reflect on, like, what behavior you decide to engage in in a public way. Like, by the time the bell rang, it looked to me like he legitimately, I mean, not knowing how to box is one thing. Like, do anything. I mean, he was running into punches, running into clinches. I mean, that's how he got knocked out, right? He was running to try and re-clinch with the guy after already being separated from another clinch. He had just had, I mean, he looked like uh, a deer in a headlights from the word go. And I'm sure he, he looked to be physically in good shape, and we know he's an athlete. So I understand there was probably a degree of training involved, but Jesus Christ, man, you want to assume risk for these kinds of things. This is why a lot of people don't assume that kind of risk, because unless you're truly ready for it, super bad shit is going to happen to you. That, that's just the knockout itself. But in terms Look, of how you the know public, that Willenda guy, the, flying, the Nick Willenda flying The guy who Willenda crosses guy. all the volcanoes on the high wire. Like, eventually, that guy's going to set up the high wire with no net across the Grand Canyon, which I think he may have already done that one, and he's going to trip, and he's going to get crotched on the wire, and he's going to roll off and try to hang on and then fall to his death. And you know what, Luke? People are going to clown the shit out of him. And even though it'll be savage because he probably will die at the end of it, dude, you signed up for this. Do you know what I mean? Like, you make TV specials around this. No no one was at gunpoint and was like, walk across the wire, Walinda. This dude goes out there on TV, make sure that the Discovery Channel is there so they can witness every part of it. And the whole time he's like, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Dude, if you take the L there, we're going we're gonna to use that. That's just life. But to me, it's like when you want to police fandom a little bit. I mean, I understand if you really feel like people are in the wrong expressing some kind of concern about it. But you're trying to rake the ocean here. The guy signed up for something. By the way, was was compensated for it financially. I'm not sure how much at this point, but certainly he did not do this for free. He did this of his own volition. He was totally unprepared for it in terms of what was necessary to to do well and paid the the, the cost. This is what sports fans do. I understand that the shame and the embarrassment of it in many ways is probably overwhelming and to a degree moderating what people say is is, you know, in good taste. Fuck well, good taste, it- dude. I mean, this is what this is what people are going to do expecting fans and media and anybody else to not notice how awkward and bad and awful and then to a degree kind of hilarious it all is, provided he's okay. He seems to be okay. Trying to regulate that, that's just trying to censor opinions you don't like. You can't do that. Yeah, real quick, uh, there was a debate in what they made in that co-main event because the the original report was that both Paul and Nate Robinson made 600,000 each. And then uh, another report from the California St- commission said they only made 60 grand each, which didn't make a lot of sense. But to the Megan Anderson point, something I'll talk about very briefly later is that Daniel Dubois uh, heavyweight boxing match against Joe Joyce Dubois, his eye was swollen shut. He got hit with a jab on it. Eventually he took a knee and quit. And there was a small market of people going, Oh, he wasn't ready for this moment. He quit. Look, that's where the Megan Anderson comment comes in, where you're like, don't criticize a fighter for who broke his eye for saying, I- I'm going to fight another day. That is the line where somebody like me shouldn't come on here and be like, oh, Dubois is a, a, a wimp. No, Dubois was in a real fight and his eye closed and broke and he had nerve damage and he decided enough was enough. Respect. I got nothing bad to say about it. Don't cross that over to where somebody signed up to fight a YouTuber and that YouTuber knocked them cold, okay? That's a totally different story. Right, yeah, you're on a circusy kind of event in the co-main event. You fought a human just bag of fucking belt buckles and cheeseburgers, this guy is. 
and he knocked you out. Like, dude, the, the, you're, you're, and you're fine. Like, if he had been severely injured, okay, well, that would have been totally different, too, because now, well, I guess with the Nick Walenda thing, there probably would still be some measure of that, but it'd be a little bit less tasteful. I'm just pointing out, you sign up for something like that, you, you, you walked out of the, of the ring in your own volition, you know, you were wearing Nick's colors, like, oh, dude, you were just begging for the L. But, but it brings us a little bit to Jake Paul. I got to tell you, these Paul brothers, they have, I said this on my personal YouTube channel last night, they have such a good gimmick, BC, because they're total pricks, right? Um, they make you feel like they're the dumbest people on earth, and they're definitely very, very stupid, but they are smart enough to realize, if I make you feel like I'm stupid, and I get you to sign up for something that you feel like is way easier than it is, and I'm actually a little bit more experienced than you might realize, I can just keep taking candy from a baby over and over and over again. If there is any lesson from the Logan Paul KSI fight and then this one, they're going to be doing this basically as long as they as they want to. This is what I don't understand, BC, about CM Punk. Dude, you did not need to be fighting guys who were in the UFC. What a total mistake that was. You should have been fighting Uber drivers, fucking whoever, somebody who sucked balls, because you probably could have gotten a nice win if they had set it up just right, and you'd look like a million dollars, and you probably would have gotten, not the same UFC money, but pretty fucking good money. Well, well, first of all, Luke, thank you for saving your, your best first and hottest takes for Morning Combat, rather than putting them on your personal channel there uh, first, Luke. Will you, fucking, right. st- will you fucking stop today uh, with this fucking two. me me against you shit? Come on, please. I don't I'm have sorry, the energy just, for it today. I saved my best takes for Morning Combat. You uh, literally did an two. instant reaction, BC. It doesn't make any difference. It will not hurt viewership today. I promise. Please continue. Yo, I, yo, look, I believe, I believe MK, Luke. You can't take that away from me, all right? You can't make me change. Yeah, okay. My, well, okay. My What's your opinion? Ways. What's your opinion? I was going to say that, um, you know, I, I said it as well in my Morning Combat branded instant analysis that, you know, Great. you're going to hate them and you should hate them, but they're not sloppy celebrity fighters. They're, they're, they're young and big and athletic and they're taking it seriously. So when he calls out, this is Jake Paul. When he calls out Conor McGregor and, and uh, Dylan Dennis, now look, I do think obviously there's a weight gap because Jake Paul fought at 190, Conor fights at you know 155 or 170, but uh, you know I think there's a market to make those fights if we can make a catchweight bout if one of those guys were interested, and I think eventually you'll get what you want, which is a Paul getting sent to hell by a guy who can actually fight, who actually comes from fighting. But you're right, Luke. Under the grounds of this, I'm going to keep fighting rappers and YouTubers and actors and ex-athletes. I mean, you're, the, these guys aren't bad, and you, and you can't take that away from them. They, 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 they work the jab. They respect the sport. They're not, you know, this ain't Barstool Appalachia brawling, you know? This is legit, Luke, okay? All right. So, Luke, he- hopefully you can bounce back from that comment I just made, and then one day forgive me that time that public transportation got me late for our drinking episode, because you're still holding that one, too, Luke. You're still sitting I, on that. I, I, nugget, I forgive right? you, but you need to understand, anything that goes on my personal channel does not in any way hurt this brand. In fact, it only buoys it. But okay, that's what people think rationally uh, uh, say. Any final thoughts on the the uh, Jones and Tyson pay-per-view? Anything we didn't get to that deserves to be mentioned about whether it was good, whether it was bad, or whether there's a future? Let me ask you this. Um, we talk a lot about UFC commentary because, you know, some guys are really good at it, but they're really good at it in the traditional sense. Yes, you got a guy like... DC and sometimes Bisping who can do the funny scream thug rose, but we really like the Paul Felders, the Dominic Cruises who can really break down what you're watching. I think there's room for Adesanya on these broadcasts if he wants to. Remember when Roy Jones 
started his broadcasting career with HBO. He was right in the midst of his prime. You know, he got better after retirement. But look, I think if we learned anything from Saturday, it wasn't perfect from Adesanya, but it was pretty damn good enough. A mix of entertainment and actual analysis where I think UFC should watch that and go, hey, maybe maybe we could be doing more with this guy. Yeah, the only issue for him that he's up against is if you think about what's the common denominator for all of the, whether this is play-by-play or whether this is uh, um, uh, co- color, they either all live in the United States or the UK. That's it. They don't. Or maybe, maybe is there any in Canada? I'm not thinking of. But if you just think about it, even Bisping lives in Orange County. You have the two, John Gooden and Dan Hardy, who live in the UK. But that's it. They're all kind of available to be where they need to be. When you live in New Zealand, the majority of the time, it's just kind of hard to be accessible. But you're right. I thought he did really well. That's. I don't know if that was his first time doing it, but it was his first time like on a major showcase. I've been saying it. I think he's one of our smartest fighters, and his ability to articulate that was pretty good. But the geographic limitations, I think, for the time being anyway, are going to make him as a staple or whatever, like a Felder version, a little bit difficult for him. That's sort of my two cents on that. That's fair. Now, speaking of UFC, BC, let's go to that. We'd love to get your opinion on this because I would not call you an Anthony Smith hater. That is not fair. I would label you, and I wonder what you make of it, as an Anthony Smith hater skeptic a little bit so he fights Devin Clark we were supposed to have this Lewis and uh Blades main event and then I texted you what was it Friday or Saturday I texted you the fight was off because they I think uh Blades got the Rona so Smith got elevated to the main event they made it five rounds he made short work of Devin Clark that's all I'll say throw it to you BC your reaction to Anthony Smith's quick submission win well, quickly on the uh, on the uh, Derek Lewis, check out my interview with him on MK. It's still very worth your time and funny. Luke, he called it in that interview. He said he was supposed to be in the Adesanya fight for Tyson Jones, that spot as announcer. And uh, he said, you know, maybe I won't tell them that I can't do it because the guy with Blades will get Rona, and he did. All right, you said I'm an Anthony Smith skeptic. Um, I think I'm an Anthony Smith truther, or at least thought I was up to this point, Luke. Um, look, he had a... a the kind of comeback opponent you would need after going up to the highest level a few times and not being successful. And he looked freaking fantastic. I have to give him that. Yes, in this game where we are sometimes very harsh on these guys and you're only as good as your last fight and everything is in the moment because, you know, we're not fighting every week, so it's sort of based on that. He dispelled a lot of the fears or the misgivings we had about him. He didn't take any damage. He was great in taking down uh, his opponent early and then reworking things on the ground and then getting that sub seemingly out of nowhere. This was a strong performance. This does not necessarily, though, fix all of those things about what he's going to be like against the elite because this was supposed to be a a mid-card fight that got bumped up because of Smith's name. But yes, I'm here to tell you, Luke, This is in the right direction. Keep going in this direction. I think Smith, to a degree, does need to get out of his head a little bit, and I think this may have been the direction in that. Uh, Not listen to people like me. Not listen to the haters. And also, Luke, not go back-to-back-to-back bangers. Sometimes if you take a hard L and you get some damage in there, you do have to take time and recover. Um, And I think this was obviously exactly what he needed. And this division is not overwhelmingly deep. He's still right there, Luke. Jury's still out if he can do any better than he's done in the past. But, yes, come on. Let's give him the, the credit he deserves. This was perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I do think – I do think – I didn't even realize. Did you know that Devin Clark had that terrible loss of his stepmother like a week prior to the fight? I did not know that. I, I don't know how I missed it, but I didn't know it. So, 
you know, how ready this guy was for that experience. We've talked about it before. Sometimes it makes them ultra dangerous, and sometimes it makes them, you know, not dangerous at all. And where he fit on that spectrum is really, really hard to know. He came out looking for blood. He landed a nice hard shot on Anthony Smith. Smith got the takedown, had his back briefly, and then used it to, well, he eventually got rolled into guard. And then, to me, like, easily set up the triangle. I mean, it's funny. Anthony Smith's more memorable wins, I mean, I guess it depends on your perspective. He's got the two wins from his hands over Shogun and Rashad, but to me, like, the more credible wins, like against Gustafsson or against Uzdemir and now Clark, they came from his jiu-jitsu. Now, he's had problems on the ground with Smith, he couldn't, or excuse me, with Jones, couldn't get a whole lot going. Rackage, too big, too strong. It didn't really work. And then Teixeira is obviously, you know, a, a, just a tremendous, tremendous fighter on the ground, plus has amazing ground and pound. But I do think that Smith... You know, to me, I, I said it on Friday, if you want to say that he overperforms or uh, performs sometime and we kind of, you know, the wins don't hold up over time, I also kind of feel like he underperforms, which is to say whatever ability he's at is certainly up for some debate. No one really knows because he is coming off of those losses. This was a win, but it wasn't a win against a super elite guy, but he did it in a way that a super elite guy would. He made it look that kind of easy. And so to me... I feel like when he is performing at his best and when he is really locked in and he has the right game plan, going to the ground just because you're really good there doesn't mean you always should, but it made sense here against Devin Clark because there was a huge skill gap. He, to me, is very much clearly part still of that elite group. Now, where in that group you want to put him, I don't know. I think it's a fair point you make, BC. Can he do better than he's already done? I don't know. I think these are these are just unknowable questions, and they're certainly the right ones to raise. But I hope that people saw this and saw what I saw, which is that there are certainly levels to this game, and there's levels to this division. And wherever you want to place Anthony Smith, fine. But it needs to be in the highest bracket. Wherever you want to put him in that bracket, okay. But this is a guy who has the ability with a lot of different ways to win. He is hugely experienced, and when he's got the right game plan and the right mental uh, frame of mind... He is capable of beating some of your favorite fighters and maybe even more than that. And I think that's what we saw on Saturday. And maybe, Luke, he can take this performance in the ease of it. Now, look, you know, sometimes it's the opponent that makes the ease of it, but the ease of what he did on the ground. And look at what somebody like Glover Teixeira has done to sort of re-energize and rebrand himself. Glover went as far as he can go, just being a tough guy with good takedown defense and a knockout punch but really doubled down and worked hard on his ground game to build longevity. Maybe, Luke, that is something for Smith because I think you'll agree with me. He could, he takes too much damage against the elites, and the problem is he can take a lot of damage. So why that becomes a problem is you can sometimes lean on that to hang around fights and try to buy, your ti- buy yourself time to win it when a lot of times you could end up just taking extra beatings, right? Like, 40-ounce Budweiser, according to you, is just extra Budweiser. He's taken 40 ounces with no freedom of of assault in there a bunch of times. Luke, if he can adjust enough, try to rely more on his ground game, not get rung up as much and get into, you know, even trading, maybe there's a a, a brighter path in the window. But again, right first step to get back there. Thank you, Anthony. Last thing I'd say is that isn't that what Glover Teixeira did? Glover Teixeira was like, I'm still going to strike with you. Didn't but I'm I also just say just, that? Didn't I just I, say I that exact same thing? Sorry, I didn't like hear that. that part. Sorry, I didn't hear that part. But I think you're right. The only difference between the two, if you did say that, was Glover and Anthony, is that Glover is a very good wrestler uh, and always kind of has been sort of a decent forward-moving offensive takedown machine. That's never necessarily been Anthony's strong suit. So I don't think that's out of the question. He could thread that needle, but he's got some work to do to get there. 
Uh, all right, so point number four, BC, because it wasn't the greatest UFC card we'd ever seen. Anybody else from UFC Vegas 15 here for point number four, anybody else make an impression good, bad, indifferent? What do you say? Uh, you know, I, I like the, the fat white guys brawling there at heavyweight there. Parker Porter getting that unanimous decision win over Josh Parisian. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It didn't tell you a lot about the future. I enjoyed it for entertainment. Look, this wasn't a deep card, obviously. It lost a lot by losing the main event. No one else jumped out at me except for the man who you're about to fillet, rightfully so, a little bit, Luke. Yes. So the person I would highlight is going to be uh, Miguel Baeza. Miguel Baeza now 10-0, and 0, trains out of MMA Masters. I interviewed him towards the end of my run on SiriusXM. Nice guy, smart guy. He's Puerto Rican. Um, I think he speaks fluent Spanish and English. Uh, as you can tell, great athlete. I think he even wrest- – I could be wrong about this, but I believe he wrestled collegiately. But as you can tell, very well-rounded, still very young, and still putting the pieces of his game together. But he can win on his feet. He's a good athlete. Um, you know, he ha- He's photogenic. He's smart, he makes good decisions, and he is, I won't say all action all the time, but his fights don't ever appear to be quite boring. He is somebody to keep your eye on. You look at those sort of the next generation of fighters and you know who might be that guy on the rise. Now, Baez at 28, a little bit older than, you know, you would prefer him to be 23, 24, because, uh, you know, he would just have much more time to fully round out his game, but he appears to be on his way. Now, is he championship-level material? I don't know, and it sucks that he was on a card that got drowned out. I feel like it happens to him all the time, and he's in these like really great fights. If you've not seen him, you know, look him up on Fight Pass. You, you would be rewarded. But he just appears to have – BC, he checks a lot of boxes. You know, black belt yeah. in jiu-jitsu, can do everything he needs to. Still, still rounding the corners in terms of development of his game, but exciting, smart, fun. Keep your eye on Miguel Baeza. I was very underwoke to him until you told me uh, to look out for him. And I watched, went back and we watched this. Luke, I see a little custodian at Harvard goodwill hunting in him from the standpoint that he is doing a lot of high IQ thinking to set up his work. He's um, aggressively patient, which means he's constantly pushing the fight forward, but it's a constant sort of what is he going to do? He waits for the right moment. He reacts. He's, he's big, he's quick, he's precise. Uh, I like him long-term because of that, Luke. Very technical, along with the athleticism. Looks like he could be a pl- player because the guy he beat up on uh, and got the submission, Takashi Sato, I mean, he was game. He brought it, Luke. And I really like the poise I saw from your guy, Miguel. Uh, you know, would you like to see him maybe against like a Jeff Neal sort of, uh, who you know, who could be the next guy Ooh. in the top 10 type of crossroads? Yeah, that'd be there? interesting. Yeah, that'd be a great one. I don't, I'm not sure if he's quite ready for that, but... Maybe a, um, oh, who's that maniac? Uh, Nico Price. I think yes. that'd be a fun one. Yes. Nico Price. By the way, no By comment. Way, Are you going to get to it later about Spike Carlisle and Rachel Ostovich? Uh, we got a race launch of it a little bit later. Um, my guy okay. Spike Carlisle and his conspiracies. It didn't come through this time, Luke. All right? He's a TV fighter, though. Okay? He is a TV fighter in every sense of the word. All right, so let's end on this for our big uh, top five here, BC. This is a weird one, dude. This is a super weird one. So the NFL, the season, I'm not going to say it's in peril, but they're having some trouble reaching the finish line. We're having fight after fight after fight in UFC. And this was true before, but now it's like really getting bad, being affected by COVID. Now, the NFL has said what they might do is they might set up for the playoffs some like bubble territories um, because, as you saw, the NBA really thrived in that bubble format in Florida. And that was when the pandemic wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. 
granted, treatment is better now, but the sort of widespread community uh, transmission is, is really a problem. BC, there were reports over the weekend that Shemaev, uh, Kamzat Shemaev might have gotten it. His team says no, but the reporting is from a pretty legitimate place. But still, you could imagine, like, what if Connor gets it before a pay-per-view or whatever? Should the UFC and or other sports organizations be doing more inside of a bubble format or maybe some other idea to keep sports safe? Because things are getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah, they are getting out of hand. Uh, and, and I think um, we, we've heard some people talk about this, and it might be right. I believe you saw Javier Mendez put that tweet out of him in Abu Dhabi getting the uh, – the uh, the injection of the potential uh, what do you call vaccine. that the da- vaccine the vaccine look um I don't think it would be a bad idea for UFC which already operates on Yaz Island in an enclosed you know bubble there you know with where there's levels to the bubbles but they got their own hotel they got their own training you know abilities there they got their own arena to maybe look ahead to the next few big cards. And I mean, it's hard to just up and transport people and their coaches lives, Luke, and just drop them in a foreign place and be like, why don't you just stay in that bubble for two months to make sure we can pull this off. But they might want to think about getting people there at least very early because uh, we've seen it work in the bubble. We're seeing any sort of sports that are traveling. Like you're saying on a regular basis, People are getting knocked down left and right. I mean, I think the Denver Broncos are about to call Tim Tebow up to try to quarterback the next game. (laughs) What, four quarterbacks went down? I mean, look, it's getting out of hand. It's getting to the point, Luke, where, you know, it's already a, for every sport, it's already one of the craziest sort of footnote asterisk seasons you're ever going to see because of the quarantine. Now, when you're literally affecting the competition because some teams may be at, you you know, three quarters or half strength, Fight sports, it's obviously a little different, but yes, it could greatly affect business and really the, the the play out, the how these divisions play out in terms of the fights that are on the docket. UFC has been ahead of everybody. They've been smart. There's been a lot of great things going. You may want to go extra smart here, Luke. I don't know where we're at with the damn vaccines and if really we could just drop UFC in a bubble there on Yaz Island and everybody can get pricked with it and then everybody can be fine. But... uh I don't want to see these fights fall apart. So they may want to figure out some plan, Luke, even if it's just making sure the fighters who are not always the best advocates for this type of stuff are really keeping things as close and tight. I mean, look, call Peapod of get stop and shop to send you your groceries. We don't need any fighters going anywhere, Luke, where we can pass this around. Stay out of Florida. They don't wear masks in Florida, Luke. They just spread things left and right there. All right. I don't mean to get Dr. Fauci on you, but, uh, it's a time right now, Luke, where shit's double, triple, and quadrupling down. We got to be extra careful. Uh, I don't want to go into what we were in March, April, May, right? You don't want to go into another complete lockdown where you and I are twiddling our thumbs going, uh, you want to rewatch a fight and get drunk? Because I think that's the only thing we're going to talk about for a while. <laughs> it could be that way. Here is my best recommendation, such as they exist. I honestly don't know what you can do with, like the NFL's got options because those are employees. Those, those players are employees. Here we have independent contractors. There's only so much you can get them to do. However, they are also business partners to some degree. So I think if it's a pay-per-view, you got to have them quarantine a month out or something like that, three weeks out at a bare minimum, right? And put them on, on, on a place like Fight Island where everyone there is, for the most part, pretty well screened. And then you can sort of live and let live. But what you do for like... You know, these, these run-of-the-mill fight night cards, I honestly don't know. Dude, I've been, t- I've been he- hearing stories about guys who in camp have been getting COVID, not telling the public about it, which they don't necessarily need to, but they're in the middle of camp, 
they finish, you know, whatever sickness they get and then go back to training because they need paychecks. Like, that's the thing that I've been told that has happened. So, like, how many guys are getting that and just not telling the public? Now, that doesn't mean they're necessarily spreading it. That's not the claim that I'm making. What I'm saying is, you know, what kind of health risks they're having to put themselves through, as we've seen with Cody Garbrandt or uh, some others, um, Diego Costa, for example, in La Liga, you know, to get to the finish line for a badly needed paycheck. I understand that, right? You got bills to pay. You need to fight. Totally, I, 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 you know, you gotta, you gotta make some assessments about risk, but it's just, it's just kind of crazy. So, while I don't know what the solution is for every UFC show, I do feel like your crown jewels one time a month. There probably is more that can be done to secure those for the health of the athletes, by the way, but also the health of the sport, and I think for the consumer demand as well. That, you gotta give Dana a lot of credit here and company here on this, Luke. Before we even knew about COVID, they were trying to do a Luke Thomas. They were trying to build self-sufficiency, right? <laughs> and they right. did that with Fight Pass where, you know, if their TV deals fall apart, they can put a pay-per-view on tomorrow on Fight Pass still. You shout them out for that. Now we're talking about a UFC hotel in Vegas. I mean, maybe they end up having two, having the international hub in Abu Dhabi on Yaz Island and then doing something with the larger circle around the Apex facility in Vegas and just turning that into an Olympic village and having a hotel and you got the, the PC there and you got whatever, Luke. I mean, it's 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 really to the point where you may have to do this. Uh, also, it, it, Luke... It's a, it's a serious question you have to ask yourself, which is, you know, you can build a hotel and other things and have what's called vertical integration where you essentially control sort of every part of the industry from the distribution to the talent signing to whatever, to the housing and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, there's a question about how good that is for the industry overall. Okay, fair enough. But in times like these, where if you had someone who had not pure vertical integration, but you know, had the ability to control and sustain the product, how much better is it for MMA to have that, you know, versus a more open-ended scenario where, um, the, the fighters would have more leverage and have more pay, but you wouldn't have any of these other potential safeguards. It's a legitimate debate to be had. Yeah, uh, he looks some breaking news into the morning combat newsroom. Uh, Colby Covington has tweeted for the first time in three weeks since the uh, Donald Trump lost the presidential election. Yeah. And he shat on Nate Robinson and challenged LeBron James to a boxing match. Your thoughts? This is true. This really happened. This is true. Well, you know, like we like we said, people roasted me and you, but mostly me in the comments and that video we did. Like what's next for Colby Covington? you know, if Trump loses and they didn't seem to understand the point, which was that we were not here to attack him. But if you go, if you push BC all your chips to the middle and you don't win the hand, there's a question about where, how, how you get money for the bus fare home, right? That's sort of a real legitimate thing to wonder. And I think now you're seeing him trying to find some way to continue it or pivot or, you know, just figure out a way forward. I guess not the worst of ways, you know? Hey, Luke, I haven't talked to you since Thanksgiving. How, did you and Abuela and, uh, and Uncle uh, Pepe have a nice little get-together there? Uh, they're in Colombia, but uh, some other of my wife's family are here from Colombia. And we had, uh, my wife made a tremendo lasagna. And it was oh, super ooh. good. Super good. Super good. Because don't forget, we, we did a show on Friday, but we went back to the future to, to record it for the future in the past with the gigawatts yes. and Jay's uh, and Jay's time machine. Yeah. So, uh, wow. I'm glad. What, so when you say this ultimate, cause lasagna is my favorite food. So what do you mean by this? You know, ultimate, what is, what, what is extra on top of regular awesome lasagna? Well, it was huge. Number one, uh, two, there's like ricotta cheese in it and mozzarella and all oh, different yeah. kinds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ground yeah. beef was eight. The ground beef was 80, 20. So it was, it was sort of greasy. 
And then there was like all kinds of, you know, Genoa salami and all a bunch of other shit in there as well. It was it was pretty fucking awesome. Can you mail um, me some, Luke? I mean, seriously, this is great, Luke. Yeah. I'll tell you right, what, if shot. you ever come down to the nation's capital, we'll make you some. How about that? Maybe you and I can put our personal beefs behind us and break bread together, our families. It'd be nice. I, huh? I don't have beef with you. You have beef with me. That's the way this goes. All right. I don't know, Luke. I watched that documentary. You were very, uh, very judgmental of me, isn't it, Luke? So, oh, so, uh, and what were you, m- fucking Mother Teresa over there, making the most amount of judgments of anyone I'd ever seen in a 20-minute documentary? Okay. I mean, look, this, I mean, could we, the sauce is the boss, Luke. I mean, we have learned that, all right? Your, so, your, your delusions of grandeur are quite hilarious. But with that in mind... It's time for the viewers to ask us questions. It's time for DMs from dogs. All right. So first question, BC, this kind of gets to what we're talking about at DB underscore Scott underscore outlaw. Is anything more polarizing than people's love hate relationship for Snoop Dogg's commentary gigs? Yeah, I thought it was pretty universal that he was hilarious this time around. And you're right. I was surprised at how much people were like, no, that was the worst thing that ever happened. And by proxy, your instant analysis is horrible and you suck. And I hate people that aren't white. And, uh, you know, I hate rap music. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty hardcore. Look, I get it. Um, you may not like Snoop Stick. I've always liked his shtick. In fact, you know, I met him before when I worked at ESP. I mean, he's whole, he's great. He's a freaking entertainer. He's hilarious. I love the weed culture that he that he brings forth. And if you're upset that he's clowning fighters and singing hilariously while Nate Robinson gets knocked out, again, it doesn't work in a real fight. It worked perfectly this time around. I don't really understand how you can watch that and be like, F him, that's awful. But, you know, that's, that's why we have uh, variety, Luke, and spice of life, right? I mean, I don't understand, um, you know, uh, you send me all the time really nice family photos of uh, George Corpse Grinder, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, he's a real nice dad, but his art, I just don't get it, Luke, okay? I really don't, you know? Yeah, I do that. On Instagram, anytime Corpse Grinder posts, like, a family photo, or like, here's how I'm so proud of my daughter, I send it to BC uh, just to annoy him. But in answering to the question, is anything more polarizing than people's love-hate with Snoop Dogg? I mean, yeah, there's probably lots of things more polarizing. But um, I- I'll say this. The other thing is B2BC. It's funny when you like have not heard it before, and then you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's great. Like The Contender Series was like every week. So A, it wasn't the right fit because of the nature of the fighting. And B, it was like sustained exposure to that. I don't know how much that would be all that great, but every well, once look, in a people, while popping in is great. People have the same, you know, opinion of my shtick, Luke. Okay, you know, maybe maybe been fine. A couple MMA beat episodes here and there, but uh, three times a week plus bonus can't do it. Can't do it, Luke. There are people that they just can't do you and I. They want you. They want the heart. They want the. The damn, you know, they 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 want the the they don't want to be entertained, Luke. They want the info and they want it now, Luke. Okay. Well, that assumes that your stick is inherently entertaining. Entertaining. Well, no, for our some. stick, Luke. I'm talking about the the the, the, the what we make together, Luke. When two yes. become one, it's like an editorial marriage, right? I mean, when when we, I think so, I think that's true. But I mean, you know, when, listen, not everything is for everybody, BC. You know that. You know that. All right, from at Connor Hayes 101. Honestly, this is a better question than I would have assumed before. Who wins in a boxing match between Jake Paul and Dylan Dennis? It's a good one because I, well, look, I think still the Connor one is an interesting debate because only because of the size difference. Although, look, I don't care about the size difference. Connor will piece him up, in my opinion. But, Luke, um, 
can we Dylan not even is, can we not even give that idea oxygen whatsoever? Uh, Dylan Dennis doesn't throw hands in real fighting much, so uh, I don't know, Luke. I really don't know. And he there will be a size disadvantage, isn't Dennis a one hundred seventy pound welterweight? Uh, you got yes. Jake Paul fighting at one ninety. Let's say they said let's meet in the middle. I'm sure they could meet in the middle. Maybe I don't know. Who cares? Um, would you would you take Jake Paul right now? I might. Am I, which I think is sort of hilarious to say, but again, his whole bit is getting you to underestimate him and think he's some kind of easy pushover, some, you know, Paul Wall who does sit-ups kind of bit, and he's just, the, he's just the worst person in America. But, you know, then he goes up there and does what he does to Nate Robinson. It's like, well, Nate probably and definitely can't box for shit, but can Dylan box for shit? Like, do we even know how good his hands are? Like, we don't, I mean, the answer is there's no way to know without seeing more from Dylan, but I would... If you had asked me this question like a year ago, I'd been like, ah, even Dylan wins that one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how competitive that is. Kind of sad, but maybe true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. From Taekwon Dude Memes. What other Legends-only league fights would you make if a second card was to be made, BC? Are we talking only boxing here? Because I, I think the I idea so. of Legends-only league, from Tyson's point of view, is all sports, which good luck to you, but come on. We don't, we're not doing that, Luke. We're not doing that. Okay, but, but name, it, another, name another uh, big boxing fight you would na- make other than the ones we've already named. All right. Old, you know, I would dudes. use De La Hoya since he's very interested, whether it's to rematch Ike Corte, who's also interested, or do a Trinidad or something like that for sure. Tyson Holyfield makes a ton of sense. Anderson Silva, Roy Jones, yes. Who are we not thinking of, Luke, of a retired name who is close enough to, to being in shape and would be fun? And, I, I mean, Prince Nassim's Pr- a little Prince, fat Prince Nassim, right? Yeah, I mean, but he's been fat for a while. I don't know if he, you know, he's sort of relying upon speed. I don't know if that's something uh, that can w- work out for him. If you could find a way to do it, Ricky Hatton. Yeah. Hitman. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what's interesting. Is we, you know, we talked last week, and you didn't want to, and I respect that, about, you know, is Floyd really going to figure out how to box Logan Paul? But Floyd is at this weird point, Luke, where he's, you know, he's getting older by the minute, so... He's probably more into the celebrity Maymac fights than any real fights. So would you have any interest in Oscar Floyd too as old guys or, or no like Floyd mm. against a real retired fighter? I don't, that's a good, that's a great question. I don't know the answer because the first fight was not, well, the only fight really was not that great. Uh, it was okay. It was competitive though. It was competitive. It was competitive. Right? It was competitive, but it wasn't like. You know, Pacquiao versus De La Hoya was epic at one because it was a beatdown, but two, you know, it was fucking thrilling. Like, heavy shots were being landed, mostly yeah. by Pacquiao. Um, so there was something to, to, to say for that. I, It's a great question, BC. If you're asking me if is there a market for it, yes. Would I personally want to see it in reference to the initial question we asked about the overall event? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's, that's kind of interesting. I mean, look, if you're like, hey, Barrera and Morales are, have agreed to do a fourth one, but it'll be an exhibition, you know, old guy rules. Yeah, I'd be, I'd pop for it, of course. But I don't know if there's any other fighter where, I mean, look, De La Hoya for me because he's my guy, but I don't know if there's any other that I'm like, man, I'd love to see him one more time. I mean, you could What about Big George Foreman? No, he's like, he's like 70. No, no, no. Come on. Dude, he was fighting into his late 40s. I know, but he's well too old now. I mean, we're not trying to get somebody... De- you know, we're not going for death here. We're just going for dismemberment. Luke. Come on. <laughs> All right. From at <laughs> Ilya745. Thoughts on Habib uh, buying an MMA promotion? He bought, uh, like, guerrilla fighting championships. 
Does this cement that his UFC career is uh, officially over? No, of course not. Why would it? Well, I think it means it's more likely over, Luke, now that we it seems like this will be his attention now, right? I mean, what was the meeting with Dana about? What what That cryptic sort of tweet, what does it mean, Luke? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what the hell that's uh, supposed to be about. Your guess is legitimately, if not uh, as good, better than mine. I don't know. I don't know what the hell him, like, see you soon kind of thing is. Like, just putting that aside, buying the promotion does not in any way preclude him, B.C., from, uh, <coughs> excuse me, going forward because it wouldn't dominate his life. Like, there would, he, he owns it, but he's not, to my knowledge, in the day-to-day, week-to-week management of it. I'm guessing those decisions would be left to other folks who would be um, in charge. It would probably involve, you know, some bandwidth of his day, but not to the point where if he actually wanted to fight, he would be prevented from doing so. It's more like, you know, something a little bit more legitimate than a vanity purchase, BC, but not much more than that. Yeah. Oh, and real quick on the last question about old guy fighters, I still have a want to see some of these um, British retired greats. Like we never got to see Carl Frotch against Joe Calzaghe. If mm. those two old guys were coming back at 45 for a fun one, I'd be into it. You know, Kes- Mikhail Kessler and Carl Frotch do a trilogy, something like that. So there's a couple other lingering names that I'd, that I'd be Could, like, care about. Did you mention, uh, did you say Calzaghe? Did you mention him just yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. How old is he? I think he's like 44, 45. I mean, he's yeah. you know, forty. He's not that old. old. No, he's not there. Forty-seven and oh, forty-six and oh, something like that. Yeah, not not that old. Uh, some people think he won all those fights with smoke and mirrors. I'm a I'm a super Joe believer though. Okay. All right, and then from at, I don't know how you pronounce this, Gussie underscore Nofa, Gus Nofa, Luke, tell us the truth. How many apple boxes did BC have to stand on in the documentary <laughs> face off to get up to your island? BC is tall. Folks don't realize that. He doesn't look that kind of way. I don't know for whatever reason, or he doesn't have quite the rep. I'm six foot four. What are you, BC? Six two, six three. You're right there. Yeah, they they say for six two, he stood with shoes on. Yeah, that's BC. People were like, man, BC's BC's as washed as I thought he would be, but uh, he's a lot taller. Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, BC sure, BC is legitimately, uh, you know, profile. He's a bit of a man's man. Whole one on one right now. Up to we maybe we can do our old old guy hoops game, okay? Because you say you used yeah. to dunk back in the day. Back in Luke, the day, I would take you to the hole, Billy Hole. Okay. All right, we'll have to see. But then if we play basketball, then we have to go to the weight room, and then we get to see how much of a man you really are. <laughs> all right, then we'll go to uh, Cumberland Farms and have an eat off. All right, Luke, we can hey, listen, probably you, do it. Don't don't you fucking threaten me with a good time, young man? Because I will. Hit you <laughs> we up can on do it. an academic decathlon. You know, I mean, Billy Madison style would be great, Luke. Okay. By the way, I, I didn't tell you this. I told my wife uh, we, in Georgia they called it academic bowl, but this is where there's two teams. You know, and if you know the answer to a question, you ring the buzzer, right? So I did that um, in high school. I was pretty good at it. I told my wife that. I don't know how it came up. I think something had come up like on a regional channel on uh, on TV. And my wife literally, I think for like the first time in her life, contemplated divorce. Because she was like, wow, I married a fucking nerd. I mean, uh, well, we you should have seen the contempt. Did you do um, like debate club and mock trials and that kind of shit too? I didn't do mock trials. I was on the debate team as well, yeah. Oh, we didn't have, see, I'm from a factory town. I don't know if you know that. So we didn't have stuff like any like debate leagues or anything that prepares you for a, a successful future. We didn't really have Luke. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, you know what? Last thing on this debate, I, I found this. There's two different styles. There's policy debate, and then there's Lincoln-Douglas. And most schools that I grew up around did not have Lincoln-Douglas. They only had policy. BC, you would hate it. It's the stupidest thing ever, and it was a major, major disappointment for me. Because what ends up happening in policy debate is the, at the beginning of the year, the people in control of it, they give you like a premise you have to argue over. And for one of my years, it was the United States should substantially change its policy towards the People's Republic of China. But that can be whatever you want it to be, depending on what you want to argue. But the key is this. You just read as fast as possible. It's not actually about taking your time and making a reasoned argument. It is you already have stuff prepared, and you just throw the book at them as quick as you can with this like speed reading thing. And I, I found it very totally unsatisfying. I think Lincoln yeah, Douglas would be a little bit more of my speed. Kids in my school were more of like the Burr Hamilton debate style, but uh, <laughs> you mean, you mean with pistols, motherfucker? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, you, you don't agree with me. I'll kick your ass. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, with that in mind, good sir, it's time to have some fun. Take it away. All right. This is what we <clears> do. <throat> We, uh, we scour the globe. You know that. The highs and lows, the good and the bad, the in-betweens, combat sports and beyond. Luke, it is. Have you seen this shit? No, Luke. I will not be playing that stupid video of that fat guy fighting that woman. I know everybody wants to see it. It was a little overplayed this week. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the Russian thing. It was gross. That was gross. That was just weird. All right. Let's go to UFC Vegas, Luke. Uh, on the undercard, Gina Mazzani sent Rachel Ostovich to the land of, of Big L's with Oof. a kick to the gut. Luke... Uh, she's attractive, but she's four and six now. Is the Rachel Ostovich experiment over in your eyes? Yeah, it's, it should be done. I mean, you're, you you were sub 500 coming into this. Um, you're right. It's great. You know, it's quite the Instagram account. Not much more. Well, maybe because she jumped off that cliff and Dana wouldn't. Maybe he's a little little afraid to pull the trigger. But, <laughs> hey, Luke, you know who jumped out on this undercard? Check out this flyweight newcomer, Sumataraji, I think you say it. I don't know if that's a last name or two first yeah. names or whatever. But, Luke, he only needed 44 seconds to take Malcolm Gordon apart in round one. I don't know who this man is. Do you? Tell me about him. No, his nickname is awesome, though, the Tibetan Eagle. I bet you see some fucking sick-ass eagles out in Tibet, bro. I don't even know what they look oh, like, man. but I bet they're fearsome. Look at him. Piece him up, Luke, right? That left hand was, per- dude, I'm talking about perfectly timed. That dude, Gordon, ate every ounce of that punch, not seeing it coming at all. Caught him, split yeah. his timing completely. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Sumadre? I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, Luke. Sumadre, uh, that's who- your mom. Oh, sorry. Or his mom, anyway. <laughs> Sounded familiar. Uh, fr- Luke, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was back, if you want to oh, call it fuck. that, this weekend. He had his own pay-per-view in Mexico. He stopped a hapless Jason Miranda. Look at that under uppercut attempt. It was gross. It lasted four rounds. But, Luke, what the <coughs> hell kind of ring are they in? What? Look at the ropes. What is this? Dude, did they film this on my phone? What the fuck is this production value? <laughs> this is this in a strip club, Luke? Look at the, the what is this? This is such. I mean, this is where he is. But I'm surprised his dad even showed up in the crowd for this, Luke. This guy did he really? Sad. He did. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> poor, That's poor true. dad, man. He is such a fucking icon and legend. And then he's yeah. got this like. Do you think uh, he must? Right? Does Chavez Jr. qualify as fail son? As what? The word, fail son, F-A-I-L-S-O-N. It's a fail son, but you put it together, it becomes one word. It's like somebody successful whose son is just a total dipshit loser. Do you, would you, would, does he qualify for that? You learn a new word every day, I guess. Uh, yeah, he does qualify that. I mean, look, he, 
he was quasi-legitimate at middleweight when he won a championship. Now he beat Sebastian Zabik. I mean, it's not like he was a world beater. But Luke, he was that good because he could lose 25 pounds on the scales the day before the fight and come in like a cruiserweight. Anytime the playing field has been leveled, he's not good. It Really, it's the work ethic. He's got a good chin. He goes to the body, but there's no work ethic. He sucks. Luke, it's a... Yeah, it's a... It's a you just wonder if there's any more names left. He's kind of already played his Canelo card and lost badly. He, you know, had that weird fight with Danny Jacobs. Unless he wants to rematch Sergio Martinez, who's coming back right now. I don't, you know, whatever, Luke. I don't care. Dude, who was that um, guy from my area off the contender uh, the show, the contender? Joey Gilbert? No, 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 no. It was uh, oh. Jimmy something, right? Uh, Jimmy, um, the white guy, right? Yes. So right after that show, you can imagine it was a hit. And I remember locally he put on fights. Jimmy Lang. Lang, Jimmy right? Lang. Jimmy Lang, exactly. And he's a nice guy, too. But I remember after the Contender BC, he would fight at the uh, Patriots. Well, now it's renamed. But at the time, it was the Patriots Center on the campus of George Mason. And, um, you know, when he first got off the Contender Series, he'd be like 10,000 or more people at those things. And I remember as every year after the Contender Series passed, It'd go from 10 to 8 to 6 to 4. I think at the end there, there was like two or 3,000 people who might show. Yeah. And this is like sort of that I, stage of his career. I used to go see Dickie Betts of the Allman Brothers, one of my favorite guitarists, regularly, Luke, at these clubs in Connecticut. And then he started playing for free at the Terryville Fair. That's when you know it's time to uh, stop showing up. He's, he's not paying his taxes. His teeth are falling out. He's still putting his heads on women. All right, let's roll on here, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Brisbane, like Australia. <laughs> Brisbane, Australia, they had a boxing card over the weekend, but between fights, they had an auction, Luke. How much would you have paid for this ceremonial uh, tribute to the late Kobe Bryant, Luke? I mean, what are we doing here? What the fuck? Is that a, like, what is it? Just a poster? Yeah, it's like a collage poster. Yeah. All right. Shout out not, to Ring Not Rivals much, dude. Before, not yeah. much. I mean, I love Kobe. Roy Jones shouted them out with the yellow and purple gloves, but... um. See, this is what I mean. It's like all these other, and this is a low-budget thing, but all these promoters are always like, we're going to do things differently. We're going to have a blank in the middle of the show. Just put on fights. You don't need concerts. You don't need auctions. Just fights. All right. Uh, Big upset, Luke, in Argentina this weekend. Walter Matisse Jr., the nephew of Lucas Matisse, he got sent to hell at super middleweight by Franco Maximiliano Morello. Uh, in the red, there is uh, Walter Jr. Oh, good night, Irene. Woo! Uh, that's the most Argentinian name ever. Franco Morello? Maximiliano Franco Morello? Maximiliano Morello, yes. I mean, that, yes. could there be a more Argentinian name than that? Jesus Christ. Maximiliano uh, Morello. Matisse's dad, Walter Matisse, was also a, a, a credible journeyman. But uh, look at the, the neck tats on Matisse. Very like his uncle who, who, who did his own. Do you know uh, Lucas Matisse would do his own tats? He learned it in jail. He would tat himself, Luke. That's, that's wild, right? I know a lot of tattoo artists who are that way. They'll practice a little bit on themselves, but not the other way around. By the way, Lucas Matisse, in his day, could thump. He actually was quite the... Uh, Oh, Quite yeah. the puncher for a time. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when he saw Mike Dallas Jr. to hell in Atlantic City? Yes. The guy could well, let And it also, go. he fucked up my guy, Lamont Peterson. I was there for that one, too. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. All right, Luke. Let's go down to uh, the Thai fight promotion uh, in, in Asia this weekend. Check out the crowd just going sick between fights. Luke, we don't need masks. We're just going to. We're just out here dancing. Oh, there's a mask. We're just out here having a good time. Look at that guy in the red sweatshirt just. Just living, Luke. You down with these folks? With these Asians? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I had to put this on the show. I mean, 
Where would we be without Kaposa's uh, Twitter account, right? Shout out to that. All right. Hey, back to boxing, Luke. DeZone was in Hollywood, Florida. You know, on paper, this was supposed to be a good fight. Danny Jacobs, a favorite, of course, a huge favorite over Gabe Rosado at Super Middleweight. Luke, they turned in a snooze fest. Danny Jacobs escapes. Uh, Jake, can we advance the slide, please? Danny Jacobs escapes with a split decision. But, Luke, did you this see fight, the announcers? This- yeah, he fucked it all up. That was the perfect ending to this absolute dog shit fight. Oh, my God. The announcer goes, your winner from Philadelphia. And as you can <laughs> see, Gabe Rosado started celebrating. He goes, from Brooklyn, New York, it's Danny J. Luke, this is unfortunately Gabe Rosado's whole career summed up. So many times he's had a shot at winning. He looked like he had a case, and then the judges robbed him or the refs stopped it early. Uh, he's a you know he's a great journeyman. He's very skilled. Luke, he fought. Did you see this fight at all? Rosado yeah. fought a great game plan. Did somebody give Danny Jacobs the the red pill beforehand? What happened here, Luke? I didn't. I didn't mind that, um, dude. When there's that much inactivity, judging becomes that much harder. That's a rule in MMA and boxing. So I didn't mind that uh, Jacobs won. I didn't think that was a robbery. Did you? No. No, but you're right. There was there was just such. Li- I mean, the only when one round. That did- little it gets. It's good. It fucks judges all up. Only one round did any of the two fighters land double digit punches. It was Rosado one time landed ten. It was just a horrific sparring match. Jacobs uh, said the crowd, the lack of a crowd, got to him. Also, there seemed to be some derision in Jacobs' corner. Like they were just like almost like I don't know what you should do. Just go out there and uh, how about go out there and throw hands, Jacobs? You can get some big fights against Canelo or against Triple G. This was uh, this was gross, but uh, no action on the zone. Lot of action in the streets, Luke. I couldn't find you a, a Black Friday fight video. So how about spinny shit in a mall? Look at this fight that broke out, Luke. Who you got here? Who you got? Ooh, let's see. Pow, son! Oh, Look at that, God. dude. You're getting slept outside of a fila. That is the yeah. bottom. That is the end of the line of the train, boy. I mean, Jesus oh, look at Christ. that guy. He's already, they're fitting him for a coffin. I mean, it's one thing to get into like some <laughs> trash talk with the guy from Best Buy, but if you're going to bring spinny shit into it, that's a little unfair, Luke, okay? Oh, man. Can you imagine? It's like, dude, where are you in life? Yo, I got knocked the fuck out outside of Fila. I mean, <laughs> that is one step from just giving people blowers out the back of a sitgo. But Luke, knowing how to do spinny shit doesn't guarantee it works. Check out this from the WGP fight promotion. A man attempted spinny shit, and he walked right into one of its own, Luke. Oh, yeah. Damn, son. What is this, WGP? Yeah, I don't know what that means. World world something, Luke. Ah, that's the uh, rolling thunder, right? Yeah, that is a spinning elbow attempt into a little rolling thunder business. Yikes. I think we it feels like we've seen that because we've seen a lot just like this. But anytime someone tries the spin stuff and gets caught with it, it's going to make this show. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Uh, Luke, let's go out to the ice. There's a lot of good fights in hockey these days. Check out this one hitter quitter. Shades of uh, Stu Grimson, the uh, the Grim Reaper here. Check this out. There's no there's no hockey. What is this from? I don't know, but uh Look, oh. it's got to like it's got to be hard to fight on skates and if you get knocked out cold you fall face first on ice that's got to suck luke jesus he just want bop hold that i mean it's hard to get leverage on a skate so i really give these guys credit who who have uh figured this out i one time saw an epic hockey fight at the verizon center who was that dude i forgot what was his name 
He was like six seven, six eight. He played for the Blackhawks for a time. Are you talking and, about uh, Zdeno Chara from the Bruins, the guy that was six eight but could fight? But he wasn't with the Bruins at the time. Okay. Uh, it might have been Chara. And I saw what's his face. I saw the uh, was it Larock, the guy who uh, one time had like the the wrestling video with GSP. Yes. Yeah. I saw him. I saw him drop the gloves a couple times too. That was fucking great. Some, hey, you want to hear a true story? There are some long YouTube rabbit holes you can go down, Luke, when you start researching this. Like Ilya Kovalchuk, remember the goal scorer from the Thrashers? Yes. That guy could fight. He's got some good ones. I think Jay's got a story for you, though, Luke. You ready? Yeah, no, this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, so back uh, when I was training with uh, Uriah Hall, uh, I had a guy from the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins minor league system who came in to train, and he said, I just want to be able to fight better on ice. Like, that was his sole purpose in coming in. <laughs> To Did, learn MMA. Who was, who was it? Was it uh, Evgeny Malkin who one hit quit Jay Beagle? Do you guys remember that? Fucking flatlined him. And uh, and there was a lot of pushback here in D.C. about it because it was a fucking vicious KO by a yeah, penguin. The Russians can fight, but but Chara fight. Yeah, if you just uh, YouTube some Chara fights, his side, it is unbelievable. Like, Pete. He stopped fighting because people wouldn't fight him because he was killing people. Dude, and if you're six seven six eight, and then you're on those like the 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 NHL kind of skates, it's like another four or five inches. They're boosting your ass up. He was a towering figure on the ice. You kind of have more leverage, BC. If you're if you are a good skater and know how to skate, you kind of have more leverage when you lean into it. All right, pretty okay. scary stuff. BC, I'm going to call this the Nate Robinson. What happened to this guy here? Just oh. charging in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Going, going hey, face you first. You want to see a dead body on the football field? We got one here from Saturday's college football game, Utah against uh, Washington. Back on the oh. chain gang, Luke. Ooh. <laughs> hey, back on the chain gang. Bro, and that, wow. old, that, old, that old cooter doesn't move. Look at him, Bop. Oh, wow. He's just, it's like, buddy, the, the, we're not doing the planking challenge. Yeah, I don't know if he survived this, Luke. I feel bad. Remember that time I had the uh, circus performer who died from that snake and we were almost put it on the air and then they're like, BC, this isn't Faces of Death. We don't have legal clearance to show that. But they're like, yeah, hey, you want BC's to show like, hey, here's a snake air. eating a guy. I'm like, I don't, I don't actually want to see that. Yeah. Uh, Luke, have you ever uh, ridden a uh, fire extinguisher before? No, I can't say that I have, BC. Check out that magic trick. <laughs> Luke, what is going on here? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Dude, these Russians, they're amazing people, aren't they? Yeah, but that's like an old guy, too. Check that out. That's fantastic. How many, you know, vodka sodas did this gentleman have? Good Lord. Uh, Luke, we often ask the question, uh, what is art? Are we art? Is art art? Check out this toilet art on the street. This is some great stuff, Luke. It's so incredible that, you know, you could... You could fool yourself looking at it and think it's real, right? A little bit. Yeah, you could. Oh, wow. That. Look at that. That's Luke, crazy. That, that is a, uh, an illustration of uh, your career since joining forces with me, Luke, right? You know, you're, Pre yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Although it is pretty. It is nice. It, it is well. So is our show, you know. It, yeah. All right. Hey, let's go over to uh, skateboarding here, Luke. Check out this extra from Michael Jackson's "Beat It" video. Get sent. <laughs> oh God! Look. Yes. Yes. I'm, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. Luke, we we have a new theme here of African American people on skateboards. Not not a good look, Luke. In the end, I think I don't know. Oh man! Oh. Wow. All right. 
Uh, it's slip and slide time, Luke. Okay, you ever get drunk at a pool and you uh, and you just sort of yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, where are they doing this? Where there's like random fucking Toyotas. I think that's called a fender bender, Luke. Okay, um, we've got another attempt at slip and slide, but this time it's in a uh, looks By like. By the way, a West look Virginia at the, you bar. missed. There's a giant fat man just watching that. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, you know what this is? These might be Marines or sailors, depending. Yep, play doing stupid a beer, games, Doing a beer Luke. slide on a table. Get stupid prizes. Yep, get a concussion. That is great. Uh, Luke, do you ever wonder how these waiters and waitresses do it? Do you ever figure out how to carry 10 beers at one time? Check out this guy's style. All right? Check out this technique. Yeah, man. Hey, can I have my beer with your fucking fingers on it, you disgusting human being? <laughs> That's not COVID-friendly, Luke, but uh, well done. Just the same on that, all right? It's like you fucking... I, look, guys, um, I had to scratch my balls in my anus. I had uh, food poisoning. Let me get your beers for you. Luke, you ever hear that Rolling Stones song, um, Wild Horses? Yeah. Couldn't, Wild couldn't, Horses. Couldn't drag me away. Uh, I think they're gonna have to drag away this next guy, Luke. What is going on here, Luke? It's a beautiful horse. Yeah, fantastic. Send somebody to hell. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that horse was like, "Hey, we're gonna joust. When? Yeah. <laughs> right now." That is great. Uh, I got one more for you, Luke. It's the self-induced KO of the week. Check out this flamboyant fella. I don't know what he was attempting. <laughs> but you, but you, sir, there's a spot for you in hell. Luke, watch him have to do the walk, of sh- the crawl of shame to try to find to get the phone. And, he's obviously and filming himself. this fucking asshole is at work. Oh, he got worked. He did get worked. Look, wow. look at him. He's got his apron on. So I'm guessing he's like, you know, he's a cook or a florist or some shit. He's got a, a name tag. Probably. So my man is at work playing games. Oh, <laughs> You have to wonder how we end up with this footage. Like, did he send it to, like, a friend saying, hey, look what happened to me today. Oh, I got you, sent no. to hell. So then... some friend was filming this, and then the guy was like, dude, don't post it on the internet. He's like, dude, I would never <laughs> post it on the internet. And then the first thing he did was go to the bathroom and post it on the internet. Oh, that's great, Luke. That's all the <laughs> issue I, I actually week. have a bone to pick, a minor one. How have yeah, we gone we this long, and you have not shown the clip of the old man in Florida, 74 years old, with the cigar in his mouth, whose puppy got snatched by a small but still, you know, deadly alligator, and a 74-year-old man jumps in the water and wrestles the bitch free. I, I, it, I was a little bit too fearful that the dog was, like, permanently hurt, Luke. No, I looked into it. The dog had to get a couple stitches. It's okay. Okay, because I've got a tiny dog, and she, I regularly, or not regularly, but I've had to pull dead mice out of her mouth, uh, rabbits that she caught in the yard. I mean, she'll grab them and squeeze them, and they're dead. And she's only this big, Luke, okay? Yeah. So I don't know. No, no, no. The guy got in there, and the best part was the old dude with the cigar, he kept it in his mouth the entire time. I was like, oh, yeah. that guy needs the Presidential Medal of Freedom, if anybody yeah. does. Yeah, he does. He does, Luke, indeed. All right, that's all I got this week, Luke. I got to catch a Very plane good. to L.A. Let's make this happen. Very good. All right, uh, with that in mind, BC, time for odds and ends. What do you have for your odds and ends, good sir? Yeah, so I, I referenced that earlier, but uh, we finally got that fight between unbeaten your, uh, British heavyweights Joe Joyce against uh, Daniel Dubois this past weekend. It was rescheduled a crap ton of times. I actually forgot it was this weekend, Luke. Uh, it was an afternoon show on ESPN+. Plus. 
Turns out the 35-year-old Joe Joyce wins out in the end. Look, I didn't think the fight was great. It was a strategic sort of jab fest. But Joyce landed consistently with that big jab and slowly started closing the 23-year-old Dubois' eyes. I don't think either fighter did a ton to make you go, hey, let's put him in there with Wilder and Fury. But this was an important fight, and I do credit British matchmaking because, look, they try to put, you know, John Jones and Ryan Bader in there at the right times, you know, when they're both unbeaten to figure out who's got next. And it turns out a, a jab to that swollen and closed eye in the 10th round caused Dubois to take a, a late knee and then he decided not to get up. Yes, there was some derision that he quit. Turns out he not only had the broken eye, bone, uh, eye socket, Luke, he did have nerve damage on top of that. It is the brutality of this sport. But, hey, a big win for Joe Joyce, who got into the game late. We've seen him before on, on Showtime under pay-per-view undercards, but uh, this is a big win. The, Joe the juggernaut Joyce. I think you're going to have to move him quicker than normal because of his age. I don't think he's a world beater, Luke, but he needed to win this one to sort of have next, and uh, I enjoyed the fight. It wasn't great. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was okay, and his eye was a mess. Like you're, we talked about it earlier, like when you can mock fighters, you got to be a real prick to mock that guy. His eye was fucking shut uh, and looked bad. Um, my odds and ends here, very quickly. Uh, De La Hoya, Oscar De La Hoya, went on the Akin Barak show on SiriusXM. Shouts to those guys, and it seemed like tried to bury the hatchet with Dana White. Now, for years, De La Hoya and Dana White had a really good relationship, and then out of nowhere, during I think it was the Connor and Mayweather fight. Uh, Oscar kind of lost his mind on him and, you know, really went after Dana. And then when he was, you know, sort of pumping up DAZN, was like pay-per-views dead, blah, 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 blah. On my show, Oscar wanted to box Dana White and threatened to do it. And then on this show, he was like, you know, Dana White getting into boxing would be great. Golden Boy and UFC partnering, I think, would be amazing. You know, Dana, if you're out there, let's talk. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Does De La Hoya want? I can't tell if he's coming or going, if he believes in any of this stuff anymore, or if it's just promoter speak, but there's really no... I mean, listen, you got to give Aram consistency. The guy just shits on MMA every time. <laughs> like, you can oh. hate the opinion, but it basically stays the same year over year. De La Hoya is all over the place, BC, and I really don't know what to make oh, yeah. of it. No, he is all over the place. He, uh, it's, a, it's a credit that this company's still running. I know he's in a ceremonial spot to some degree. There are some smart people behind him. But look, they lost Canelo. They lost their meal ticket. Yes, they got Ryan Garcia. Yes, they have Virgil Ortiz Jr., who we just showed in those pictures. But it's no, see, it's no surprise, Luke, that he's thinking, okay, Dana's got money and distribution and attention. Maybe I can try to pair up with him and provide fighters to fight against his crossover MMA guys or just team up with his money. Um, yeah, it, it's not a shocker knowing Oscar's constant flip-flopping on, on everything. I mean, look, look, this dude offered Canelo, uh, offered Canelo to fight Conor McGregor. Then when McGregor chose Mayweather, sent a letter to the media telling all boxing folks to boycott the fight. Like, come on, you know, like, stop. So... Uh, by the way, I saw on his Instagram page, Fat Joe seems to like him. We're talking we talk about heavy hitters in boxing. Did you see Edgar? I think it's Edgar Berlanga. Is that his name? Yes. The Puerto yeah, Rican kid. Guy, he yeah. has a fight on the 12th. I don't know who it's against. Didn't seem like it was anybody particularly interesting, but uh, you're talking about some of boxing's heaviest punchers. Edgar Berlanga back in action on the 12th. Yeah, what is he, 16-0 with 16 first-round KO, something like that? He is fun <laughs> yeah. to watch. I mean, look, you don't know if he's got any sort of stamina because he's blowing through dudes, but that's impressive. Uh, all right. So with that in mind, uh, you see BC hey, shirt. What are we going to say, BC? 
I was going to say, did you, uh, we didn't talk about this, but uh, do you want to bring back homework this week at all? Do you want to pick something or do you want to push that off? Um, I don't have anything top of mind. I don't have anything top okay. of mind. Okay. Um, we can so talk we offline. Can... I got a lot of free time this week in a hotel room in Los Angeles. So yeah, <laughs> let's see. All right. So first things first, if you want one of BC's shirts, 30% off today, not just on the shirt, but all MK merch, use the uh, code cyber by going to store.show.com. Plug in that code. You can take $3 off of every 10. What better deal is that than this one? I don't know. So first of all, there's that. If you want to try Showtime and time to try the Hector Camacho documentary, good news. You can try it for 30 days for free. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can go rake the ocean. There's lots of different wonderful opportunities for you to enjoy there. Uh, if you want to follow us on social, great opportunity to do that as well. Morning Combat is consistent everywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. What's up, EC? Uh, we did want to, you know, a producer just reminded me, maybe we should bring in Jay and at least let him speak his piece. I mean, Luke, you you detonated oh, right. his character on the documentary. So Yes, um, Jay, your yeah. rebuttal to our very factual statements about you. What would that be? Uh, I think it's pretty much all true. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you uh, go, well, BC. You thought obviously, I was being uh, mean. Obviously. I was just, you know. Obviously, I had seen it in advance, so I knew it was coming, but uh, I was actually genuinely surprised that that was the trailer. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> now, JJ hey, shared it on his personal just... IG, so he, he couldn't have hated it that much, Luke. Okay? No, not at all. I, 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 didn't, I didn't make the trailer, man, so take that up with the guy that made it, not me. Yeah, I was like, wow, okay, all right, we're doing this, all right. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you want to get at Jay or you want to send mean things to me or – Submissions for Dead Wrong or submissions for fan submissions, anything, email us, morningcombat at gmail.com. That's going to be your place to be. And uh, again, BC, got to thank everyone. Got us over 70K for the month. You know, I would like to end the year at 75, but because we have a flyweight title main event for our last pay-per-view of the year, I don't think that's all that doable. But, BC, but... We got a Conor McGregor fight in January. Big doings ahead in 2021. Yeah, Canelo's back this month. That don't suck. So uh, a couple, yeah, couple things on the burner. I'll be in uh, L.A. this week for uh, Thursday night's NBC Sports Ring City USA card. And uh, so we'll see if that McDonald's Wi-Fi works over on the left coast. Luke, may hey, maybe I'll call up Big Brown. We'll have a nice uh, uh, Brown on Beige Fest. Maybe. Are you going to do, we'll uh, do an instant reaction for the Spence Garcia fight? Yes, that is. Oh, yeah. Good reminder that not only is that pay-per-view this Saturday, a Fox pay-per-view. Yes, uh, I'll be back, by the way. I'll be back home by Saturday. But uh, okay. yeah, Luke, not only will I be doing that, but please check out already uh, interviews with Danny Garcia and Errol Spence Jr. that are already published on YouTube on the Morning Combat channel. We're going to be previewing that fight, obviously, later in the week, along with UFC. And Luke, um, you got a pretty big guest lined up this week as well. Yeah, friend. tomorrow I'm talking to Dustin Poirier in the afternoon, so that should be up a little bit later in the day, probably around uh, 5 or 6 p.m. East Coast time. I'll have a conversation with Dustin Poirier up ready for you guys. Looking forward to talking to him. Fighting Connor in January, baby. Cannot wait for that one. So he should be a fun conversation as well. All right, BC, yeah, I wish you nothing but... 25 minutes to make 25 years make sense, right? Something like that? 30, 30 minutes to make life fair, my friend. Uh, BC, yeah. I wish you nothing but safe travels. Enjoy Los Angeles. Please don't get COVID. Wear a mask and do all that good stuff, Okay. I'll be quarantined, Luke, so yes, thank you. Very good. All right, for BC, for J, for Malka and Showtime, I'm Luke Thomas. This is Morning Combat. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal.